What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Crush. Chuck, are you okay? <laughs> I am okay. You sounded like a robot that was like powering down. Oh, how great would that be? Wouldn't that be fun? Just to be able to fully power down. Just to do sleep mode for a minute. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because it's not, you know, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night if I'm stressed. I was uh-huh. up at 5.30 this morning. If you could just literally power down for yep. eight solid hours. Just put on a timer so you, you can know what to expect. Oh, God. I slept uh, really well last night, Chuck. Did you? I did. Good. I went to bed at like 9.30. Yeah, man. Woke That's up early. Stuff. Took my kid to school. Uh-huh. Now I'm here with you. Singing a song. It's going to be a good day. We haven't sang yet. Uh, you know, I was up early. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it. Uh, I found out a, a friend of mine from college died last Sorry. night. Sorry. Died Damn. like a week ago. Yeah. yeah, and this was one of those deals where like I hadn't talked to him since then. But he was one of those guys I was like, well, and his name was Chuck, too, which is why anyone in Athens calls me Chucky because of this guy. Because he was there first and so at this restaurant at Mexicali Grill. Oh, sure. So I got hired and there was a Chuck, so they all call me Chucky. So any of my Athens, old Athens friends still see me and call me Chucky, which is you, funny. You didn't get a choice in this matter. Either, didn't get did a choice. You? No. But anyway, the other Chuck passed away like a week ago, and he was one of those guys where I was like, man, I'm sure I will – see Chuck again at some point. And you probably would have just picked right back up. Picked right back mm-hmm. up and had drinks, yep. and uh, it would have been amazing. So I'm sorry to hear that, Chuck. Yeah, I think we're facilitating a reunion of that uh, restaurant crew, though, uh, slash memorial, which would be great. Yeah. But then it's, it's just that, like, man, why didn't we do it a year ago? That's also true. God. You yeah, know. Anyway, rest in peace, Mr. Chuck Johnson. Great, great man. My first, like, really close gay friend, like, when I was just sort of coming away from church and meeting all sorts of great new people of and exposing myself to like college life. Yeah. For real. 
Sounds like stuff. a formative time. All right, everybody. Didn't mean to bum you out no, right man. off the bat. Let's drink some whiskey right. and get to it. Okay. It's only uh, 9, four. it's almost 10 a.m. What's up with these bagels? She finally starts getting everything bagels. Yeah. And she'll get six of those yeah. when everyone loves them. Yeah. And then she'll get an absurd assortment. 18, like, weird spinach cream things. Well, I like those, Chuck. So. You're the only one, dude, because there's 19 of them in there. Really? I wonder if you ate that one. <laughs> no, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, I have noticed that it's quite an elaborate assortment, and uh. I think that the ticket might just be to pare it down to the essentials. So that would be plain? Yeah. Everything? Everything. What, whole wheat just because? I don't know. No, I like Not a, even? No, no, I like a poppy seed. A okay. poppy seed? What are the five essential Garlic? Just five a essential garlic bagels. One, a garlic bagel. Garlic, poppy, everything plain, and then what else? Um, I mean, you know, maybe whole wheat for those them what like whole wheat. Or the raisin, like those people. No, dude. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Someone told me they put uh, smoked salmon cream cheese on a raisin cinnamon bagel. And oh. I was like, you, sir, are a monster. Yes. A madman. Indeed. What do we got today, Chuck? What's on the docket? Uh, on the docket, Noel, we have... I wish I knew when this was coming out in real time because we're actually ahead of the game. We're way ahead. For well the first ahead. time. We're going to say so much dated shit. Yeah, but is it before Christmas? Is it after Christmas? It, it doesn't what matter. What year is it, Noel? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Don't even know. We will just talk like there's no tomorrow. All right. Uh, so social studies we're going to start with. Social studies on movie crush. And uh, this is uh, one that I've kept going from previous weeks on the old Facebook page. The, a memorable thing that happened to you in a movie going experience mm-hmm. and not like I cried so hard during the notebook. Yeah, I think I had a bummer story about a weird abusive dude that was yelling yes, at you everybody. Did. Yeah. Absolutely no. Mm-hmm. And I had mine about the guy walking out of uh Welcome to the Dollhouse. And like shaming and everyone that stayed. Yeah. So uh we'll start with uh and actually I actually went through and pulled these out last night, everybody. I was not lazy for a change. And so you won't hear me go, uh which one should I pick? So we're gonna start off right away with Chloe uh, wow, all of the names. It's always with the names. Is it Savegni? No, I wish. I Seven- love Savegni? I still don't even know how to pronounce her last name either. So. Um, did I ever tell you about when I saw, uh, here we go already, who was the guy in Brown Bunny, Vince, uh, Vincent Gallo. Gallo. I saw him on the street in New York once. Well, did we talk about this then? Maybe. The day I saw him in three places in L.A. Oh, weird. No. He, I th- he thought I was following him. Oh, that's funny. For really? sure. He really did. Like, you, you, you oh, saw yeah. this look in his eye. At the third place, I saw that look in his eye. Oh. He was like, oh, shit, what's this guy like? That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, and I bet no. you felt the same way. I was like, why is this? Oh, wait, Vincent Gallo's following, <laughs> following me. following me now. I mean, that'd All be right. a creepy follow. That would be. So, Chloe. Where's he been? He's probably working on his next masterpiece, you know, mm. in a dungeon. With real fellatio in a film. Gotta have it. Crucial. So this is not Chloe uh, Sevigny. How do you pronounce it? You don't know either. Sevigny? I always do the hard G. (laughs) Sevigny? Mm -hmm. All right. But this is not. This is uh, Tusi No, is what I'm going to say. Man, if only we had Casey Pegram. Casey on the case. I know. Dude, I just had him for The Shining. I know. He told me. And we're going to do a Kubrick three-parter. That's awesome. And Casey might just be my go-to guy for like... Maybe like ticking off like Kurosawa Absolutely, and, and yeah. Godard. Any of the, the Criterion type stuff. Casey's your yeah, man. Yeah, he, he can really talk intelligently about a movie. All right. Chloe says this. When I went to see the movie It, uh, the one from just last year, I was the only one in the cinema during the day, and halfway through the movie, a red balloon floated to the ceiling. 
I couldn't see anyone else in there, and I was genuinely freaked out for the rest of the movie. That's interesting. I wonder if that was like a leftover red balloon from some like premiere event that many, they had done. Many possibilities here. It yeah. could have just simply been under a seat and wormed its way out as it lost air until it was free enough to float. Or it could have, you know, passed over from the netherworld. Sure. Or it could have been someone just fucking with her that's like, Who? I hide in the theater with red balloons during it and release them. That's crazy, too, That'd that she would have been funny. the only—I guess during the day, you're more likely to to have an empty theater during the day, like on a weekday. Yeah, that happened to me during uh, Overlord. Mm. Only person there. Was that any good? Well, here was the deal. I, I saw it. It wasn't really on my radar, like, at all. But I had a window, and I was like, oh, man, I got a window. I can go see a movie. And I looked up, and that was the only thing playing during that window that was remotely interesting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, sure, I'll go see it. Isn't it kind of like a g- it gore, wasn't bad. gore fest kind of a little bit? Nah, no, yeah, I mean, it was sort of, it was a mashup, you know, yeah. World War II slash sort of. Sci- not, sci-fi? Not zombie, but like, okay, uh, yeah. you know, Nazi experimenting on like super soldiers. Those that are goddamn Nazis <laughs> and their experiments. <laughs> I, I ganked that from uh, Ben Harrison. I love it. Friendly Fire, he says Nazis. I love it. Well, that's how like an old grizzled war vet Yeah, would which say. is he ganked it. He didn't make that. I up. love it. That's great. That is terrifying. That that would have freaked. See the the original it that was on TV, which you know, if you revisit it now, does not hold up. It is very cheesy. Tim Curry does a fine job as the clown, but even yeah. that's pretty bad. That movie scared me shitless when I was a little kid. I, sure. had, I had mega nightmares, sleepless nights for oh, a imagine. long time because of that. Yeah. So I can understand that that in particular being killer clowns. Yeah. All right, Michael Griffith says this. Uh, this is a very sweet story, Michael, and you got some some big hearts from from some of the ladies on the site. I was interested in a girl uh, when she and I were uh, much, much younger. Our parents really disliked it. Uh, You see, we had grown up in an extremely fundamentalist Christian church. And if we got caught, it would have been bad. I mean, like one or both of us shunned if caught bad. Like like shunned, shunned? I don't know. They were in high school. Like, this is what that, that, these things can happen. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know? Uh, Well, we found a way to see each other uh, by seeing a movie. Uh, and he basically said they, like, met the next county over and met separately. Like, this is how bad they had to go. He said it was very cloak and dagger. We saw super bad, And that was when I realized I had fallen in love for the very first time. We ended up getting married 12 years later. That's awesome. How about that? That's really nice. And then... Uh-oh, what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, good. oh, thank God. I was about to go so Chuck, dark. How could you do this? My head frame's slightly dark. No, Sorry, no, Michael. I understand. That's a sweet um, story. That is a really sweet story. And Superbad's a good litmus test movie because it's pretty sure. pretty raunchy and yeah. it's got some refs. You Funny. know, it's got some, yeah, <laughs> some, you know. So you're like uh, looking out of the corner of your eyes, see if she's uh, clutching did, her pearls <laughs> or – uh, well, or getting the refs. Or getting the refs. Yeah. If there's that look of recognition. Duking the stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to do it. You got to duke it. Baird Williams Swedman says, I was in late grade school, early junior high at the movie with my friends. We got our seats well before the movie started, and I found a Skittle on an armrest and ate it. My friend exclaimed, what if someone got butt naked and farted on that? What? It was so funny to me that my friend thought this was a plausible scenario, and I still laugh about it today. I love that. That is very specific. I love an old joke like that that you still kind of laugh at uh-huh. from 20-something yeah. years ago. and you just remember. Okay. That's great. Got na- butt naked and farted. In the theater. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something my daughter Pre- would do. Presumably during a matinee on a weekday. Yeah. When no one was around. Yeah. 
My, my daughter would totally do that. She farts on me constantly. So does mine. They just, it's great. They I've gotten know, to the point care. where I'm annoyed by it because she's like 10. Yeah, they think it's, it's like, funny it's, though. I'm like, it's not cute anymore, kid. You're like, right, come on. <laughs> Ruby says, tootie booty. <laughs> um, I took her to see The Grinch, by the way, movie number three for her. Was it okay? Uh, you know. It probably lacked some of the magic that it, you remember. It should have been like better to me. Like I'm right in that wheelhouse of nostalgia and Dr. Seuss love and Grinch love. And it was just okay. I mean, it looked great, but the problem with that story is it's the same with, like, the Jim Carrey thing. The book is so short, you have to flesh it out with some other story that you're inventing yeah. about the Grinch. More like pad it out. Yeah. You know, just so like it's not, never quite right. No, I agree. It was all right, though. We I mean, for, a, for kids, it was great. We just did an episode of Ridiculous History, um, plug me and Ben Boland's Silly History Show about Dr. Seuss. And I learned some oh, really cool stuff about him. Man, he's on our he's been on our list for like five years on stuff you should know, and I just never have gotten around to like yeah, writing we, the article. We just did. Well, we, we, our, the main story was the fact that he wrote Green Eggs and Ham on a bet, and that it only has fifty distinct words, fifty unique words. Wow! In it. And that was the bet. Was just like, can you make something that kids will read and that is actually I engaging and interesting, before. and only use fifty words? Yeah, yeah. And That's Cat in the Hat great. only had like two hundred and fifty words, but anyway, yeah, yeah. He's That's a very interesting guy. He also did some very problematic, quite racist cartoons early in his career. Yeah, that and he uh, worked for an ad agency and did some real kind of creepy ad campaign drawings. With, if, uh, if you were making ads in the 1940s yeah. and 50s, oh yeah, like you were bound to do something. Well, and and you, one of them was for, for mosquito repellent. So a lot of it involved being in foreign lands, you know, oh, with sure. exotic looking. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah, not not good. Not Copy good. that. Yep. Not a good look. Sam, I am. Yeah. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. All right, Teresa Barker says this. Uh, this is pretty funny. I was peeing before the show with my daughter, waiting outside the stall, when we noticed that there were urinals. And a boy from her school walked in just as we were running out. We still laugh about that. You ever done that? Uh, I feel like I have, but I don't remember specifically. But I know, like, 
for sure I've full on like walked into a woman's bathroom before. Yeah. And been like, oh shit. The thing is nowadays, if it's like a bar or something like that, it's pretty much understood that either one is is in play. Yeah, and they're and they're a lot many of them these days are just marked bad for sure for sure but no i remember when as a in high school that's when it would be bad yeah when you just kind of are like you know whistling along and not really paying attention then you just kind of barge into the bathroom and then yeah yeah it would be problematic today (laughs) (laughs) it all depends on how you handle it today though that's also true like you could still get away with that if you were genuinely like oh my god i'm so sorry and ran out but if you were like Oh, sorry, ladies, but but how you doing? Okay, first, Chuck, who would who would ever do that? Yeah. Do you know this person? Who are these people? Yeah, and the least sexy place in the world is yeah. a bathroom at yeah. like a bar. No, not good. Not a good look. All right, Lee Daly. This is wonderful. <laughs> I don't know if Lee is a man or is a woman, actually, because on Facebook, the, uh, the profile pic was um, of somebody else entirely. So, uh, Lee, whoever you are. Uh, whatever gender you identify with. I like what what kind of uh, game you're, pl- you're throwing down here. Lee went to the theater that had table service, Noel, drank a pitcher of beer, and passed out during Pineapple Express uh, and only got woken up by the guy sitting next to me uh, telling me I was snoring. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> That's a fear I have. Oh, have I told you that I kind of sometimes fall asleep during movies? If uh, sure, the theater? Yeah. And what's your fear? Snoring? Snoring. And I do it. Yeah. So fear. Sitting up to realize. Yeah. I think people might be prone to snore when they're like in an uncomfortable position. I like don't that. go to like nine o'clock movies. Right. I, just, I won't do it. Yeah. That, that'll happen. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm a matinee guy only mm-hmm. at this point in my yeah. life. Yeah. Just because that's when I have the time. True. Every now and then I'll go, Emily and I'll, for some reason, we'll go to like a date night movie. And it's weird to go to a night movie. That's how seldom I go to night movies. I was never a midnight movie guy either, really. You? I mean, I've done it before if it's really, like, something interesting that I really want to see. But it's – I never really had the opportunity growing up, first of all. But, you know, in recent years when I've been traveling more, I've seen a couple of cool midnight movies. But it's always a slog for me, dude. I bet. I always am like, yeah. I got to drink coffee or, like, you Yeah, know. and at midnight, you probably had a couple of drinks. And yeah. You're like, oh, exactly. Like, way past bedtime. Yeah, yeah not for me. Cuddle cat, cuddlefish, to the second oil age. And his kingdom was full of darkness. I don't dispute the Eros data, but if he's down here, we'd know. Not blood, but darkness. The Earth's black riches. No. I could taste it on my lips. Today, I want to talk to you about the science of transgenesis. Uh, Bridget, <laughs> this is short and sweet. Bridget uh, Benalisha said this, I saw our priest at Anaconda. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I never saw my preacher. It's, a, well, it's probably about the same as seeing your priest. I don't know. Priest is a little more elevated. A priest, does he go to do the movies in the robes? Do they wear the, I, the Not robes. The but collar? They may wear, they the, wear collar. the collar. Maybe. I don't know the rules. I think they wear the collar. But I've seen the collar on like airplanes and That's stuff. That's right. Yeah. Watching a movie on a plane. There you go. <laughs> was it Anaconda? Anaconda. That's pretty funny though. Of all the movies, you know, a priest is like, yeah. I'm going to spoil Anaconda real quick. Um, the, the the CGI snake vomits up, uh, uh, what's his name? Was it Ice Cube or John no, Voight? John Voight. He yeah. vomits up John Voight and then he winks. <laughs> 
He's like half alive and he's covered in like anaconda slime. And Can you winks. believe the cast in that movie? John Voight, Ice Cube, yeah. Owen Wilson, Jennifer Lopez. That's right. God, no. It's I just forgot. like stacked I with. I forgot Owen Wilson was Like in quality that. actors. That's hilarious. Except for Jennifer Lopez. She's fine. Oh, God. Have, have you, you seen, seen Out of Sight? Oh, well, that was great. Yeah. Sure. There you go. So give someone the material. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You may be right. Have you seen that new trailer for a new movie coming out? No. Oh, God. What's it called? I don't know. Uh, uh, it, it's, it looks like the worst sh- studio schlock of wow. all studio schlock. About a woman who, like, accidentally lucks into, like, tricks her way into, like, a CEO job. Oh, I see. That's not qualified, but, of course. Hijinks you know, will ensue. Hijinks will ensue, though. She ends up being comp- of co- overqualified. Oh, she's, she's good at it. Okay. It's probably called overqualified. Maybe it's called, like, the CEO. No, it's even no. less original. Well, I'm going to find out about this. All right, here we go with Eleanor Gamalski. When I was 10, I saw Finding Nemo in the theaters, and the moment the movie started, I already had to pee as a 10-year-old. But I didn't want to miss the uh, a moment of that movie, so I never got up to pee. By the end, it was almost unbearable, especially in a movie about water, but I made it. And I remember thinking at 10 years old, if I ever have to pee really bad again, I can remember sitting through Finding Nemo without peeing, and that will give me strength. And I still, to this day... Think about that when I have to hold my pee. That's pretty great. Yeah, you got to psych yourself out. I love it. Uh, Emily D. says, when my family and I went to see Signs, I was uh, it was a crowded theater, and during one of the most serious and quiet scenes, some drunk guy let out a huge fart. It was of, hilarious. A lot of farts in the comments today. I know. I had a, a guy, a PA I worked with. And I'm not going to tell you who he is because he actually went on. This is, you know, PAs are always like, yeah, I want to direct or whatever. Sure. This guy actually directed a very high profile movie. Oh, cool. Um, it, it was a big flop, and it has he hasn't done much since, I don't think. But he did it with two le- Hollywood acting legends right. in the lead. Oh, I'm going to guess what it is now. I'm not going to do it out loud, but a PA. And as a PA, was he? Yeah, a and he was, he was always like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a director, and we were like, yeah, yeah, we all are. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be a podcaster. You're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. That's that's, it didn't even exist yet. So, yeah, this guy would fart, uh, and it was th- the funniest thing to me. He would fart out loud in uh, among people. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd be in the production office. I don't know if he would do it in front of strangers. Right. But these were people he didn't know well. But he did it like, was it about comedic timing? Was it for, yeah, for he yucks? Would, he would walk up, and everyone's sort of cutting up or whatever, and he would lift his leg and just rip he one. He would lift his leg. Yeah. and <laughs> Like a dog. <laughs> almost across the board. <laughs> We would laugh. Well, like of course. there might be one person that's like, "What are you doing, dude?" Get the dude? fuck out of here! But that's I was funny. always like, "I can't believe the balls it takes to just fart like that." Like you're well, in front of your like, you know, I do that at home. Probably it's funny. the same balls it takes to direct a big budget. Maybe so, flop. dude. Oh God, it's got to roll the dice. I need man. To look him up, I wonder what he is doing. Uh, Phil Yates said, "I dropped a tab of acid and went alone to a midday showing of The Matrix on the day it opened." No one else in the cinema. What? That may be the acid. The Matrix was not empty on day one. It was a day one? That's what he said. said The day it opened. Uh, And when I walked out into the sunlight afterward, I could see the Matrix myself. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Phil, the thrill. (laughs) Oh, man. That's that's great. It's a pretty good story. All right. And finally, number 10, uh, Tim Van Gint says, a woman climbed on stage just before the movie started. 
and said this was her way of confronting her fears to be in public places. Three people slow clapped, and the rest of the audience was unresponsive. Okay, that's funny on so many levels. I think it's very brave and it's, like kind of awesome. It is, but you know? it's also kind of like, yay, we're part of your, yeah, sure. your thing. Good for you, lady. You I, I can definitely sense ambivalence <laughs> among most people. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think you're just a better person than most people, Chuck. No, I don't know about that. No, no, I get it. But like, surely there are ways to confront this, you know, in, ther- in therapy with role playing or something. Right. Don't inconvenience a whole crowd full of people wanting to watch. You know, you know if I feature. was there, I would have said, uh, I would have stood up and said, "Well, you know what? I was a late bedwetter, and maybe I see if I could get something going like that." I almost just spit my coffee out of my mouth just then, Chuck. <laughs> that was really funny. I was a late bedwetter. Does that mean you started late, or you you kept going? For no, a really I kept long going. Time? Okay, I wet the bed till I was like. <laughs> It'd be funny if a late bedwetter was someone that just started waiting in the bed when yeah. they were in their 30s. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'm sure that happens for like medical does. reasons. Probably, well, of course. Um, I I don't remember how old I was, but I was like 10. It was old. Yeah. My dad was. My granddad was. It's totally genetic. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I've talked about on Stuff You Should Know quite a bit. I feel like I— Trying to destroy the shame of that for no, kids out there, you know? Yeah. Though there is no shame. I mean, it's just a thing that happens, and then just it kind of stops. Then it just stops. It's like a psychological—I don't know what it is. I'm sure yeah. someone could speak to that. But I think I did till I was at least six or seven. Oh, well, that's late. Yeah. 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 Look at us. We're, we're bedwetting bros. Bedwetters, bedwetters unite. Indeed. Stream this, everybody. Noel, have you, do you have Amazon Prime? I do. Have you ever just sort of searched through their— I don't even know if they're labeled classic movies, but just their their catalog stuff. Yeah, yeah. they got a bunch of good schlocky horror stuff. They, they got, got a bunch, bunch of weird eighty stuff. Period. They really do. Like they really, really quality classic films. Yep. For so sure. Emily and I watched uh, Clute, Jane Fonda, and Donald Sutherland. I've not even heard of this. In the nineteen seventy two Alan J. Pacula film Clute, K L U T E. Yeah, it is Nothing. a uh, you never even heard of no. it. Well. Jane Fonda won an Academy Award for it. Crazy. For Best Actress. and um, I didn't know Jane Fonda had an Academy Award. Yeah, man. Uh, this is the story of a, uh, a a woman, a sex worker in New York who – is it New York? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a sex worker who uh, so is a sort of a freelancer, you know. She doesn't, you know, work with a, uh, a business manager, as Got they it. say. Oh, yeah. So um, – a high-profile um, former John of hers goes missing, like a CEO of a company. And they, uh, a detective who is Donald Sutherland, he sort of takes us on, uh, is hired by the company, uh, believes that she has the key uh, because he was a former John to how he might have disappeared. So that's all I'll tell you. Very good movie. Very suspenseful, super 70s-like Suspense film. Yeah, this I, I, I was just thinking about this era. I'm looking at the poster of this with John, yeah. Donald Sutherland. He, have you seen that movie? Don't look now. Oh fuck yes, I have. That's a serious movie. That's a serious movie. <laughs> that's a, but that's around the same 70s kind yeah, of like man. period. And Donald Sutherland was king about for a the same while. age. He's he's rocking it. But yeah, that one is just like so upsetting. Yes, and also. Beautiful and just an amazing. It's like yeah. a, it's like a mystery. It's a tragedy. It's sort of a ghost story. It's like all of these things. Um, this looks incredible, Chuck. I'm really it's into great, this. man. You yeah. should check Clute it looks out. Really cool. Very good. And um, the the his name is Clute in the movie. I think John Clute maybe. And I was sort of immediately annoyed afterward though because I've always heard Clute and I always figured that was Jane Fonda. And especially after seeing the film, it is her story, for sure. It is a woman's story about. Uh, there are all these great long 
long monologues, single shot, single take monologues of her talking to her therapist about her job mm-hmm. and how she feels about it and how she feels about herself and how she feels about men and sex. This just fucking awesome, man. Like really some of the best shit I've seen. That's cool. And they named the movie Clute after Donald Sutherland's character, which, I mean, he was— Sort of a misnomer. Like yeah, it's, not it's just like it was her movie. And I think it, maybe I couldn't help but think it was because it was a time in the United States where, well, Donald Sutherland's in it. It's his film. Well, for the record, I would have been like, what the fuck is a clute? Sure. So, I don't know. I see that name. I didn't even think it was a person's yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, what's a clue? I, I, like, <laughs> Did they get clued? I don't know. What else. <laughs> First, I thought you said clue. They got clued so hard. People love clue, by the way. The oh, movie yes. clue. They do. I, didn't you have, you had a, you had a guest to talk yeah, about Casey clue. Wilson. That's people right. yeah. got good response from that they one. They did a big screening of it recently, and they sold out like two screenings of it at the plaza, the movie oh, theater I'm down the sure. street. I didn't realize it was such a, like a cult uh, yeah, yeah. smash. There's That's, a great article I'll send you. Um, I can't remember. Maybe it was Slate. But it's about like how Clue became a you know sort of a cult phenomenon over mm. the years. Yeah, I have not seen it. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to. Oh, it's that. so much fun! I'm gonna watch Clute and Clue. <laughs> it is so much fun, Clue. Uh, I wish I would have known to have been playing in the theater. I would have totally gone to that. Had a little Movie Crush meetup. All right. Oh, by the way, everyone, uh, Movie Crush live in San Francisco for Sketchfest. Please come see me in conversation with Busy Phillips about the great, great indie Noah Baumbach film, uh, Kicking and Screaming. And that will be January 19th at the Gateway Theater. It's a matinee, Saturday afternoon. You Please love come matinees. Out. I love matinees. I'll be good. I won't even be drunk at that point. It'll be wonderful. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Finally, we're going to finish Noel today with Comic Card, because we've been given that short shrift lately. Drew Ethier says this, if you could spend a night drinking with one director, living or dead, who would it be and what would you talk about? That's a, that's specific. That's much more than even dinner. Yeah. If you're out drinking. Drinking. Like immediately my mind just goes to some sort of legendary 
drinkers. Yeah, like 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 John Ford. Yeah, or like, even like Oliver Stone. I'd love to get drunk with Oliver, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone would be fun. Or would he be the yeah. ultimate fucking You'd bummer. probably <laughs> be smoking peyote with Oliver Stone. Though. Exactly. You know, that'd be different. Uh, Jeez. Of all the directors, though, that's tough. That's a tough one because I can think of like – I would just want it to be someone that it'd be fun to have conversation with. I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be someone you would like fanboy out with or whatever, but it would be someone, right. not even talk about their work, just someone who you could probably like yeah, vibe yeah, with yeah, and yeah. have a good night out chatting with. Yeah, like so, Terry Gilliam or something. That, see, there you go. There That'd you go. be fun to go to a pub in England yeah. with Terry Gilliam. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's amazing. Um, all that Monty Python stuff is up on Netflix now, like all the movies, the whole Flying Circus thing, and a lot of these little kind of um, clip um uh, Compilations with different yeah. celebrities and comics, kind of talking about their favorite. That's stuff. That's on what? It's on Netflix. Oh. They just all of that stuff. So there's like maybe there's like an early Python uh, documentary that's like about their days in university when they met and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then there's tons of little like the best of blah blah blah. And there's some that really highlight all Terry Gilliam's uh, animation that he did for that show. And you, f- you forget what a creative dude that guy's been yeah. for like ever. Yeah. And how he's just still yeah. making it happen. Legend. That Don Quixote movie is finally happening. I think <laughs> I we talked about this already. I think so. But I think I, I read. I heard somewhere that it got shut down again. But then I read somewhere that like no, it's it is going to come out. Oh God, it's got Adam Driver. They're, they're going to have to make a second documentary about yeah about the making of La Mancha. Exactly. Jeez, I, I stand with that pick, Chuck. I think Terry Gilliam would be. Oh yeah, I can't. I think everyone wants to see that thing except anyone who wants to pay for it. <laughs> Yep. You know? Yeah, I just meant uh, I, I, I think that's a solid pick for a drink. Oh, buddy. sure. Yeah. 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 Maybe let's let's go with him, the three of us. We'll, we'll go out and I'll be fun. Like, I love the Coen brothers, but they are sort of notoriously uh, just sort of— Serious? Yeah, and just sort of—I mean, my friend worked—my uh, really good friend worked on, uh, I think, Hail Caesar. And I was like, oh, God, dream job, dream job. He was like, they were kind of a bummer, man. It's like they just sat by themselves at lunch and they didn't they didn't interact. They were just very much like quietly spoke to one another and, and you know probably well, just working. They're they're like geniuses they're working. though. They're like I mean no I know they probably have like twin language. You know they probably yeah, like communicate. But point by is I, I wouldn't want to like go out drinking with those guys. Absolutely not. But you never you never know. You might Listen them up a little. See him cut loose. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Ethan. He's dancing on the bar. Frances McDormand seems like she knows how to have a good time. Well, that's what I wonder because yeah. she's great. Yeah, and she would be married to adult. Right. I'm not saying he's adult. My God. <laughs> so much for having them on. Uh, Nick Jackson says this, Noel. What was the last movie that made you sob? And I don't mean a gentle cry. I mean a blubbering, sloppy mess. I don't know if I'm capable of a blubbering, sloppy mess anymore. But I cried when I watched Adaptation for the most recent time. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Boy, I think the last time I cried like that was during uh, Lion. No. It was the Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh, I watched that on geez. a plane, and I was actually I did crying too. on a plane. <laughs> I was too. But I try. I was trying so hard not to be too, like, outwardly uh, emotional yeah. in front of everyone. So I contained it a little bit. I watched Lion at my house. Have you seen that? No. Oh, jeez. About the little boy? Isn't it about a little boy? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And adoption and, like, all these things at home for me. It was just like, hello, Chuck. We'd like to reduce you to... A slimy mess on the floor. Wow. I here's, can't, I can't here's the pi- movie. I can't picture this, Chuck. Oh, my God, Noel. I'm, um, a, I'm a legendary crier. I'm one of the best I'm criers. more of a – I kind of get like a little – you know, yeah. my, my tense up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I sort of like it. I, I think it's – I find Crying it cathartic. I mean, when it's a movie and it's something moving oh, it's and awesome. not – I, I, I really – it. it makes me feel 
human. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Timothy Patrick McKinney. Timothy Patrick McKinney. What, in your opinion, have uh, – or why, sorry, why, in your opinion, have movies become such an important part of our culture, particularly in America, uh, over many other types of art forms? That's a very good question, Timothy. Um, well, I think a bunch of things. I think the, the catharsis of it, losing yourself for a couple of hours. Maybe in America, people are busy and they check out a little more uh, enthusiastically. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the? I'm sorry. What was the like, crux like of the question? Why are movies in America, especially, uh, why did they become like the sort of dominant art form over like other types of art? I think because it's like you said, like it's um, it's sort of compressed, right? You can get your money's worth. In two hours, and then you've had this like experience or whatever. Right. And we're like all pressed for time. Right. So it's like we want to be able to get our catharsis in, you in know, two hours. without too much commitment, you know, two too hours much or less. Time commitment. <laughs> I also think in terms of prestige, it's just because they're so damn expensive and it's sure. such like a, you know, yeah, this money is, matters. This is a thing. This mm-hmm. is like this is the highest form of art because right. of the fact that it costs so fucking much to make. Yeah, therefore and, and promoted it, thusly and marketed exactly. Thusly. Therefore, it must be the the best. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm cynically mar- marketing and promotion have a lot to do with it. I mean, you don't see art museums pouring in, you know, fifteen million dollars on a on a new exhibit in marketing. You know. Totally. No. I mean, yeah. they'll have some banners around New York here and there, but exactly <laughs> it's not like movie marketing. Yeah. They're going to take over the side of the building. Oh, well, they might in New York. That's true. There are other reasons too, though. Oh, absolutely. Like but, that's yeah. selling that question super short, I think. Well, I mean, I just think it's it it's it's the crystallization of a lot of different art forms, which is cool. You know, it's like it's visual, it's it's audio, it's music, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, sound, it's action, it's it's you know drama. It's like all of you know, it's art. It's literally people build things and display, mm-hmm. you know, make sets, and it's like all of this combination yeah, of like every possible every art, art yeah, in one right. pretty easily consumable thing. No, that is very well said. I mean, think about that. It's got music. It's got art, uh, painting. It's everything. And then, yeah. Interesting. I love that. Plus, I, I would not – I would argue that it's – he does say particularly in American culture, but I think in Europe and oh, in, in Asia. Yeah. It's, oh, uh, oh, it is everywhere. Yeah. Of course in Asia. Like a lot of these – when I first started hearing about like the Chanwook Park films and like Old Boy and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like that dude's like a god over there. You yeah, know? yeah. Like those movies made – so much money yeah. before we and the history of it too. even heard of them. Of course, the history, yeah. But Casey, who you talked to you about uh, The Shining, um, goes to France every year and sees, yeah, all, the, about that. sees all the Cannes films or yeah, whatever. Man. And it's just like a way of life over yeah. there, you know? And I would argue that it's – we have the blockbuster side of it over here, but there right. is more the – the high art sure. side of it, which still, we, you know, it's a little more niche over here, whereas yeah. there it's a little more like that's that's what it is, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, number four, Trish Lauderhaus Gilbreth says this. Uh, what What is it about Atlanta that's helped turn it into a mini Hollywood? Well, first and foremost, the tax credit is – the tax credit, yeah. and I don't even think cynically, that is the sole reason why – Production started coming to Atlanta. They did a good job with it. <laughs> because it's like a lot of money back if you shoot here mm-hmm. that they can save. But I will say this. If Atlanta didn't have a whole lot of other things going for it, it would not have lasted. Well, it has a very varied landscape, too. It's like that's, you can, that's you can, one for you can sure. shoot in the woods. Yep. You can shoot in a, a city-looking place. You can play place. for New York. You can play you can it play for, for a lot yeah, of different exactly. places. That's play very, for middle America, mm-hmm. the suburbs. 
mountains, go uh, outside of town, Savannah, a bit. go to the ocean, whatever. It's got yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's Atlanta versus you know Georgia, but they base out of Atlanta. They base out of, of Atlanta, but Atlanta is so central. You can get to like a lot of these, like you know, like Crawfordville, for example, or like some of these little towns. Yeah, that look you the way small they did, town. You know, hundred years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that. The tax credits why they come, but then you can shoot a lot of different places. The I think the stable of crews in Atlanta before like a lot of people have moved here from LA to work and a lot of people uh just come here to work and then go back to LA. But that core crew of Atlanta crew that I used to work with before the movie business got super huge was always very strong and like that good foundation. Like you're not gonna go anywhere where the crews suck. And Atlanta always had a rep for working a little slower because we're in the South. But um, the crews were always really good. Mm-hmm. And now the infrastructure's there. They've built studios and lighting houses and wardrobe shops and prop shops and all the shit that you used to have to kind of truck in from L.A. You don't have to do that anymore. It's very true. It's all there now. Yeah, it is. And I was going to say, you know, cost of living is pretty decent. Cost of living? It is, but it's like, you know, that's sort of the double-edged sword of this. Now that all this stuff's coming in, all this money's coming in, people are starting to get priced out of their neighborhoods and stuff. And there's a lot of pretty rampant gentrification happening when the people that used to just truck in from L.A. now decide they want to buy a house and they want to live, you know. Yeah, yeah. Emily and I, when we were looking, you know, we had to rent a house right now because we're working on our home. Uh there are uh, ads for, like, house rentals that are clearly geared toward production people. And you can tell for two reasons because, one, they flat out say, like, your production uh, is a great house. And then it's, like, literally double what a house rental should be. I mean, they're jacking it so high. It's like you would not believe it. Like five and $6,000 a month to rent a house. It's crazy. Crazy. Wow. We did not get one of those houses. Yeah. <laughs> clearly. Uh, and finally, Vanessa Cashman says, what are your thoughts on the last shot of the graduate? When they run off and get on the bus, their faces, do you think they made a mistake? What was intended by the director? Well, that's a world famous, legendary shot is the end of the graduate. When Elaine and Ben climb on that bus, go to the back. He is just uh, spoiler. If you haven't seen the graduate, turn it off. Uh, he has just sort of rescued her slash hijacked her from her own wedding and they run off together and she's in her wedding dress and then they just sit there and like are kind of laughing at first. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. And then that laughter turns into sort of just like a... Well, it's like, what do we do now? Yeah, and they're both sort of just <laughs> looking off in the distance like, well, th- wow. It's also like, I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got caught up in this grand romantic gesture yeah, and yeah. we don't know each other at all. Yeah. And what the fuck do we do now? But it, it happens so fast. Like, the look that they give on the bus I always felt was like the look that you have a week later. And they had it immediately. But isn't that also what elevates that beyond just like the super saccharine, happy ending kind of situation that's like totally unrealistic oh, and actually sure. gives it a – grounds it in like Very real much. You know, experience or whatever? Because yeah. I, can, I can relate to that. Yeah, grounds it in reality, gives it a little bit of an edge. Yeah. It's easy to get swept up in grand romantic gestures and yeah. just the idea of, of love and stuff as opposed to like the function of like being in a relationship yeah. with somebody, you know? It's interesting because you uh, in movies you always see the the you know running beside the train and then they jump off and hug and you always see the big moment and I always wonder like what happens five minutes later and in this case they showed that absolutely very interesting no that's that's a good question and a good shot good one Vanessa all right Noel that's it.
That was a good one, Chuck. That's how long was that? That felt 30, like we, 38. Really? And counting. Thought like we were jibber jabbing. I don't know. It's possible. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll let Ramsey sort it out. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Yes. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.